0: Well, on the altar, once again, we will see our priests and deacon wearing the beautiful green vestments. That's an indication that it is ordinary time. And this is the time in the season of our liturgical life where we really get to work in diving a little bit deeper in our faith. Well, if you want to get a great preview this weekend, prepare for the Sunday Mass. Well, spend a little time listening to the glory of the Mass. Host Terry Ross is joining me today as he gives us a bit of a preview of. Episode number 198. Good morning, Terry. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Well, it's a pleasure as always.
0: A real special weekend coming, not liturgically, but secularly. We all have a father to thank, whether it be (laughs) a father, stepfather, adoptive father, maybe even a father in church. Be sure to say thank you this weekend. Terry, do you remember a time that you were passed on by your father a love of music, or is that something that was developed on your own?
1: Classical music is something I developed on my own, but a love of music was very much uh, in my father, came from my father and my mother, who also sang. They sang around the house, just popular tunes and stuff. But my dad, when he was just a little boy, he had a really sweet soprano voice, and they used to take him... Out of, when there were a rainy day at school and they couldn't go outside for recess, that they would take him, at the, and this is at the age of eight, around to all the classrooms, and he would sing in each of the classrooms. Wow. To, to, you know, just to entertain people. And later on, he, he sang, uh, he, he loved singing sort of big band music and stuff like that, but he, but he never pursued it as a career.
0: Terry, you've taken that love of classical music and developed the glory of the Mass. This week, we're previewing the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Now, remind our listeners, because I said in the introduction that it's not ordinary, meaning that it's not special, but it has to do with the way that the Church counts the weeks. Remind our listener what it means when we are in ordinary time.
1: It just means that we use ordinal numbers as opposed to just regular numbers. We don't say it's... Sunday 11, we say it's the 11th Sunday in ordinary time, Uh, meaning that it's a time that's neither, any. it's between the other designated times of the year, like Lent, Eastertide, uh, Advent, uh, and so forth. Sure. The times that those, those aren't happening is ordinary time, and it's called that because we use ordinal numbers. We say 11th instead of Sunday number 11.
0: And we know that for each one of the Sunday Masses, there are the parts of the Mass that are the same week after week, and then there's the parts of the Mass that are specific to the week. So does that mean if they were to listen to this week's episode of the Glory of the Mass, they will be getting some of the music that is specific to the 11th Sunday of Ordinary Time?
1: Yes, that particular music is called the Proper uh, because the, there's, a pro, there's a proper for every single day of the church year. So, yes, they'll be getting the proper for the 11th Sunday, at least some of the proper. Um, the the, ordin, the mass ordinary, as it's called, is the part that we hear all the time. The Kyrie, the Gloria, the Credo, the Sanctus, and the Agnus Dei that are repeated at every mass.
0: Well, fantastic. Along with this episode of The Glory of the Mass, host Terry Ross is joining us today to give us a bit of a preview of the 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time, but also a little international flair. Once again, you've managed to find some composers from more than a few countries. Tell our listeners what you'll find in this week's episode.
1: Well, this isn't terribly unusual on on The Glory of the Mass, but we have quite a wealth of nationalities represented in our music today, five nationalities, Swiss, Flemish, Orlando de Lasso lived all over Europe, so there's no way to classify him, Bruckner, who is uh, Belgian, and Anario, uh, who is Italian. We also have the, a variety of performers doing that, a group from Portugal I see here, here's a, here's a group from Germany. A group from Catalonia, or better known as Barcelona, and a very well known group from Portland, Oregon.
0: Oh, <laughs> I think I might know who you are talking about, Terry Ross. And then this mass that we are offering, tell us a little bit, remind our listeners about Ludwig Senfel, because that is the mass that you are playing today.
1: Ludwig Senfel was a, a Swiss composer of, the, of the, fi- the 15th and 16th centuries mostly the 16th, Um, and he wrote a lot of music and was very well known in his lifetime, has become less well known since then, Uh, but that's just because other composers came Mm -hmm. after him. But he wrote very beautiful music, and they're sort of highlighting his masses. Uh, in this month of June, yeah.
0: if you want to hear more of that mass, well, it's time to tune in to the glory of the mass, along with hearing it on air over the weekend. You'll also have access to listen to it right from our Web page at com. You can also listen to it on the Hail Mary media app. All right, so we have this beautiful Mass by Senful, but as you said, we have a number of composers from around the world and some very wonderful choirs from near and far, Cantoris and Ecclesia. What a gem that choir is to this local community. And for those around the world who might happen to come across it, tell our listeners, remind our listeners about this beautiful choir that's right here in Portland, Oregon.
1: This choir started some 35 or so years ago by a fellow in Oregon named Dean Applegate. Um, The name means singing in church, and he intended to devote uh, Cantoris and Ecclesia's repertoire to singing singing only sacred works uh, to accompany the Latin Mass. And they have carried this through to the present time, I've been a member of Cantoris myself for about 30 years. There's very few things like it in the United States. There's very few choirs that perform the Latin Mass week in and week out like Cantoris and Ecclesia does.
0: Oh, beautiful. And about how many members makes up the entire task?
1: It depends on the uh, on what pieces we're doing. It can range from as many as 50 for double choir things and as few as 13 or 14 for smaller pieces it depends uh, on the music and also on the availability of the singers
0: <laughs> oh for sure and then let our listeners because this is such a wonderful local group we're going to preview one of the pieces in this week's episode from Cantoris in Ecclesia sung by them tell our listeners about this piece
1: well this piece is uh, written by an italian named giovanni onario uh, it's called Unam Petii a domino. One thing only do I ask of the Lord to dwell in his house forever. Uh, and this is a particularly beautiful uh, setting of this text. There are a number of composers have written uh, motets called Unam Petii a domino, but this I think is the most beautiful. And uh, Cantor sang it really well on a recording they made.
0: Well, here is a piece of that music you will hear this weekend. Incredibly beautiful. That's the men, the
1: men of cantors and Ecclesia. Those are singing. all men. All men, yes.
0: Well, now, do you remember at all when? About how long ago this piece was recorded?
1: Maybe twenty-five years ago. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, that is incredible. You said it was all men. Did that include you in that choir? In that, that includes piece me
1: in there too. Yes.
0: So I could not tell. Of course, this, the the this voices come together so perfectly. But when you listen to that, can you pick your own voice out of the choir?
1: Sometimes I can. And that particular one, yes, I can if I listen really hard. But the idea is not to be able to pick out individual voices unless they're really, you know, astounding or have a solo. The idea is for them to blend in. So
0: Excellent. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, Dean Applegate knew what he was doing in bringing together this choir. What a wonderful piece and... uh yeah, it's a, it's great to have it in today's show.
1: His son, Blake Applegate, uh, was singing in that choir at that time. And I've known Blake since he was, was a boy. Now he's the director of Cantoris and Ecclesia. Dean has retired, and Blake is the conductor, and he's a very, very gifted conductor.
0: And there's still many times throughout the year that Cantoris and Ecclesia comes together to perform different things at Holy Rosary Parish.
1: Oh, yeah, we were just there the other day to do the uh, Corpus Christi celebration.
0: Oh, wonderful. We often talk about the special masses that are being offered there at Holy Rosary on our community calendar, and quite often it says Cantoris and Ecclesia will be singing. I encourage all of our listeners to maybe take a little mini pilgrimage over to Holy Rosary and listen to this beautiful choir And maybe this weekend, when you have some time, sit with Dad, celebrate Father's Day, and listen to this episode of The Glory of the Mass. Terry, thanks so much for joining us today. It's wonderful to have you here.
1: Thank you very much, Brenda.